Good morning. Welcome to the Quincy Church of the Nazarene. I'm glad you chose to join us this morning. Today's date is August 2nd, 2020. The title for this morning's sermon is When God Changes Your Name. The text is found in Genesis chapter 32, and I'll be reading this morning from verses 22 to 31. Before I read the text, I need to explain that uh, there's a lot of water that has gone under the bridge for our man, Jacob. When I say a lot of water has gone under the bridge since the last time I was with you, I mean a lot of water. A few weeks ago, I preached how Jacob was fleeing for his life because he deceived and cheated his brother out of his birthright and then his inheritance. The first night out on this flight for his life, he was all alone at Bethel. And he has a dream where he has an encounter with God. He wakes up and promises God that if God would indeed take care of him, he would be Jacob's God and that he would give a tenth of everything he had. Now, fast track to our text picks up today. 21 years later, Jacob has two wives, 11 children, a vast amount of wealth, plus droves upon droves of livestock. God sends Jacob and all of his possessions back to 400 miles to Canaan. He prepares to meet his brother Esau, who, as you remember, when they departed, Esau was breathing out murderous threats to his brother Jacob. He prepared uh, by meeting, for meeting Esau by sending out the droves of livestock, then his children, then his two maidservants, and then his two wives over the Jabbok stream. Now... Once again, he is left alone, just himself, the dark, and the open sky. This is where my text begins. Genesis chapter 32, beginning at verse 22. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maidservants, and his eleven sons, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all of his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said to him, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Then the man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with man and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. But he replied, Why do you ask me my name? Then he blessed them there. So Jacob called the place Benial, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Benial. And he was limping because of his hip. Will you bow your head with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, once again, we have a passage of Scripture that uh, you are intervening in a man's life. Likewise, Father, you are yearning 
to intervene in the lives of your people today. And so, Father, like Jacob, who has an encounter with God, Father, we likewise want to have an encounter with you, a face-to-face -face relationship with you. Father, may it be so. In Jesus' name, amen. I have the... Uh, let me start over. I love the relatability of our text at hand. <laughs> I don't know about you, but sometimes dreams are so real. I remember one time uh, after Kathy and I had been married for a few years. I, I want to say several years, but I don't have that nailed down. I woke up because something was not quite right, and uh, she was sitting up in bed staring down at me. <laughs> I could tell something was wrong by her reaction, and she finally stated that she was trying to figure out if she was mad at me or not. Her dream seemed so real, and as she pieced in the reality of it, she wasn't sure. It is not uncommon for God to use dreams to communicate his desires. Next week, we will visit a man uh, from the Bible who has had such dreams, Joseph. King Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. Daniel the prophet had dreams. The list goes on, but that's in the Old Testament. Then there's the Apostle Paul who had the dream. He saw a man from Macedonia calling him to come here. And he knew he was to preach in Macedonia. And then Peter on the rooftop where a sheet was lowered down by the four corners. It's not uncommon for God to use dreams to speak to his people. And God's economy Everything is at his disposal. In our text at hand, Jacob has had a life-changing dream where he wrestled with the angel of God. Sometimes blessings come through simple requests of God through prayer. <laughs> we constantly ask God for his blessing through everyday matters, don't we? God, I have this coming up today. Please go before me. Dear Father, please help me this morning as I have a meeting with such and such a person. Even in my correspondences, I pray this prayer, dear Lord, as I write this letter, please use it for your glory. Simple request through prayer. Then sometimes we wrestle with God over certain things. A loss of job. Why, Lord? A situation where we find ourselves in. Why, Lord? Death of a spouse. Why, Lord? Marriage problems. Unsaved loved ones. Trying to discern the future. You can add your own example. The list is too numerous to mention, but I think one gets the point. We really, really need God to intervene. It's, it's 
way out of our control. We need you, Father. It's legit to cry out to God, to fast, to go without sleep, to put on sackcloth, if you will, a degree of discomfort to signify our commitment to the matter. That is where we find Jacob today. He hasn't, hasn't seen his brother in 21 years. And although I believe he did his homework on where his brother was, where, where he was, and how big his clan had grown, but he was going to meet him face to face, and he was worried. Esau was coming to greet his brother riding with some 400 men on mounts, bearing down on him, sending everything he had across before him was a way to maybe persuade, maybe to pacify, but eventually he would have to face Esau head on, and he was afraid, worried. On Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, he tells us that we do not need to worry or to fret because God, our Heavenly Father, already knows what we need before we ask. <laughs> then Jesus shares several examples of how God is taking care of everything for those who put their trust, hope, and faith in Him. It's a great reminder as we are constantly plagued with our humanness and our natural ability to worry. That's one element of today's text, worry. The other component is what happens when we come face to face with God. Jacob is involved in this dream that felt like he was wrestling all night long. <laughs> you ever had one of those dreams? Wake up and the sheets of your bed's all wrapped around your, your leg or your arm. But it was more than just what he had for dinner. He had an encounter with God or, uh, or an angel of God. We don't, I, personally, I find it hard to believe when I read this that he had this encounter with God so much as an angel of God, but we, we don't really know and can't really prove one thing about that. But he had an experience where he felt like he was wrestling all night long. I liken it to the time I gave God my all in all. It was what Nazarenes call being sanctified. Big churchy word. That means I give all my all in all. I consecrate. I live my life. From this point on, for you, January 5, 1984, 36 years ago, like Jacob, I was sleeping when I realized I was having a conversation with God in my sleep. God asked me why I was unwilling to serve him as I was willing to serve Satan. Simple answer. It was easier to do wrong than to take a stand against my friends or our so-called friends. I explained how I tried to live for you before, Lord, but it was too hard 
too difficult. The peer pressure was too great. Bottom line, I was too weak. I woke up determined to live for God and my Lord Jesus Christ with the same gusto as I did Satan. Jacob wakes up with a new name. Jacob, that backstabbing, manipulating Hebrew, became the father of the Israelite nation. I'm always amazed at the people that God chooses to use. Jacob calls out in his dream, bless me. And God changed his name. This encounter was with God changed Jacob for the rest of his life. God left him a constant reminder of this meeting. Jacob would have a limp from here on out. Have you had an encounter with God like this? I remember I'm being uh, working on being an elder, uh, an ordained elder in the Church of the Nazarene. <laughs> I would have to do these in-person interviews where I would have to explain what they called my crisis experience. I didn't know I was having a crisis experience at that time. Explain that I was not only sanctified. But when I was sanctified, I would share my testimony and my dream, but I never would call it a crisis experience. But it was definitely a game changer for me. Did I have a name change? Well, not really. I was still called Johnny by my mom. But I did transfer my allegiance that night. The most amazing thing happened, though, when I woke up. The greatest miracle of my life of all time was when a temptation appeared. I was able to, the very, for the very first time, stop and evaluate and decide if I wanted to do that or not. To decide if it would be pleasing to God or not. Did my name change? <laughs> not my name but my family changed. I woke up and I was all alone. <laughs> oh, my so-called friends would call and I was, I realized I was too spiritually weak. So I would just say, not now, not today, maybe later. But I started reading my Bible I was constantly trying to pray. Then I realized that it was by faith that I accepted that I was a child of God. My family changed. Things started to change around me. I started uh, attending church every time the door was open. Wow, what a, what a novel idea. The old people that used to drive me nuts or, or crazy became my friends and confidants. I was able to reconcile my differences with my dad. Who would have thought? I never forgot. I never, I will never forget telling him that I was sorry for the way I treated him. Asked him to forgive me and told him that I loved him. He was so taken back from that reaction, he was wordless for several minutes. 
Now, if you knew my dad, you wouldn't think that was that strange because he was a thinker. He always had to think before he spoke. But that was okay because I needed to do that for me, not for him. That dream became my denial experience where I came face to face with God and became more than just able to live. I became alive. I became a child of the King of Kings. I like, as you know, uh, recording, reading these poems to you. They're actually out of the hymnal. My father is rich in houses and lands. He holdeth the wealth of the world in his hands, of rubies and diamonds, of silver and gold. His coffers are full, his riches untold. My father's own son, the savior of men, once wandered over earth as the poorest of them. But now he's reigning forever on high and will give me a home in heaven by and by. I once was an outcast stranger on earth, a sinner by choice and an alien by birth. But I've been adopted. <laughs> I've been adopted, my name's written down. I'm an heir of a mansion, a robe, and a crown. A tent or a cottage. They're building a palace for me over there. Though exiled from home, yet still I may sing, all glory to God, I'm a child of the king. I'm a child of the king, a child of the king, with Jesus my savior, I'm a child of the king. My name changed from sinner to saved, from prisoner to freedman, from bondage to set free, from death to really living. Will you bow your head with me, please? Heavenly Father, Lord, my, my desire is that we will not leave this place. We will not uh, shut the TV off. We will not quit pursuing you until we have this face-to-face -face encounter with you. Dear Heavenly Father, this is only possible through you. So, Father, will you change our names from prisoner to redeemed, from a child of bondage to a child of God? pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.